Hi, I'm Jim Stroud. Welcome to my show. Earlier today, I received a phone call from someone in jail, that person being Jeremy Brown, a political prisoner. Now, what did Jeremy Brown do to wind up in prison? Well, he did this. Jeremy Brown is a Green Beret and former Republican candidate for Congress in Florida's 14th Congressional District. Brown served in the U.S. Army from 1992 to 2012 and reached the rank of Special Forces Master Sergeant. Jeremy also attended the Stop the Steal protests in Washington, D.C. on January 6. Jeremy joined the Oath Keepers in November and went to Washington, D.C. to provide security at the many protests and rallies that week. Last March, Jeremy Brown started speaking out about how the Department of Homeland Security and the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force contacted him and attempted to recruit him to spy on patriots and everyday Americans. Jeremy released video surveillance of the FBI contacting him at his home and Jeremy released an audio recording of his actual meetup with the FBI. In October 2021, the FBI raided Jeremy Brown's home and arrested him, charging him with trespassing. And this is my phone call with Jeremy Brown. Hello, and I'm speaking with today Jeremy Brown, a retired U.S. Army special soldier who was arrested during the so-called January 6th insurrection. Uh, Mr. Brown, thank you for being the guest on my show. Well, thank you for having me, Jim. Yeah, first, I want to thank you for your service. I know you uh, are a decorated member of the U.S. Army Special Forces, and there are probably things you can't talk about, but can you give the audience some idea about your background and your service? Uh, yeah, and uh, and thank you for that. And uh, what I used to, you know, kind of be a little bit weary of that uh, that thank you, but now I just tell people that apparently my service isn't over, so, uh, so I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh yeah, so uh, when I was 18 years old, I entered the Army, and uh, I went straight into the uh, the U.S. Army's uh, 75th Ranger Regiment. I served with 4th, 1st Ranger Battalion in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, and then in 1995, I went to Special Forces Assessment and Selection, where I was selected as a Special Forces Weapons Sergeant, and I spent the remaining 17 years of my Army career uh, as an Army Green Beret. So, um, so I retired in 2012, and, and you know, started a business and, and thought I was going to live a nice retirement life, but now here I sit. And uh, just, to, just to correct a little bit, I, I wasn't actually arrested on January 6th. Uh, I wasn't arrested until September 30th, almost nine months after the fact. Um, and really, it, it's, it's more of a result of the fact that uh, I was blowing the whistle on the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force, who attempted to recruit me the December prior to January 6th. Um, so the reality is that uh, that I'm a canary in the coal mine of what the secret police are, are in the process of doing um, to Americans all over this country. And, and the reality is they've been doing it for, for many, many years. Uh, this is just kind of a crescendo of the, the, the final days of the attack against uh, Western society and, and America in general. Sure, sure. This is really disturbing on so many levels that this has happened to you, especially um, when quite recently, I think it was, the FBI uh, reported through Reuters that there was uh, very little to no evidence uh, that the January 6th attack on the Capitol was a result of some organized plot 
um, to overturn the presidential election result. And when right. I saw that article, I thought, okay, so if there's no evidence, then they have to let the political prisoners free, I'd imagine, because I, I see you as a political prisoner. Um, when the news of that came out, were you thinking at that point you would be released and everyone else would be released? That's what I was well, thinking. I believe that I believe that report actually was released uh, earlier in the summer, and if I remember correctly, it was an internal FBI document that was uh, given. There, there may have been a, sec a secondary report, but uh, yeah, that was all prior to even my arrest, and, and and that was even prior to the the so-called seditious conspiracy charges that have been placed on numerous members of the Oath Keepers of who I was actually serving as a, a, a personal security detail with on that day. Um, th I mean, this is the reality that I want the American people to know. One, stop listening to anything that you hear on the television because it's all lies. Two, I am not here all right, I'm not here fighting for my freedom. I'm fighting, I'm fighting to show you that you've already lost your freedom, okay? You just haven't caused enough problems for those in charge for them to come get you yet. But eventually, all those who oppose the dictators and tyrants end up where I am now, which is in, in a jail. And if you don't believe me, Alexandra Chalupa who was, of course, part of the big Ukrainian scandal that everybody remembers, the Russian hoax. And I'm sure she's a big hero now because she claims her Ukrainian-American status. Um, just recently called for the arrest. And this is an open public statement. This is an individual who is a high-level operative within the Democrat Party. And don't be confused by the term Democrat because there's just as many Republicans that are in on this as there are but she has openly called for the arrest of anyone who supports Trump, any members of the Congressional Freedom Caucus, because she claims that anyone seeking freedom is engaged in a war against America. And that is exactly the basis that the secret police, also known as the FBI, are roaming around America, intimidating American citizens, and arresting American citizens who are standing up for what they believe are their liberties that were secured by the U.S. Constitution, but what they haven't quite grasped yet is that that Constitution was usurped many decades ago under their noses, and they've only been cursory uh, given lip service that we're a constitutional republic. In fact, if you listen to them now, they always claim that we're a democracy. And if you know about Benjamin Franklin, his definition of democracy was two wolves and a lamb sitting at a table deciding what to have for lunch. But liberty <laughs> is an armed lamb protesting the vote. So my warning to you is we, the January 6th, uh, political prisoners of war is the term that, that we've coined because this is a war. This is a war, a globalist war against the American people. And do not be fooled by the Russian-Ukrainian uh, distraction because this is nothing but more order out of chaos nonsense that the global elites are waging against the American people because two weeks ago nobody cared about Ukraine 
and nobody cares about any of the other wars that are going on with much more horrific issues like in Yemen, in Myanmar, or the Kashmir, or any of these other issues. Nobody seems to care that much about Taiwan, who is being probed on almost a daily basis by the government of Chinese. Nobody cared about the, the Hong Kong protesters that are almost more American than Americans as they wave the American flag at their, at their attempts to secure their freedom. And so my warning to the American people is the reason I'm in jail is because I've had three federal judges that have heard the details of this case and heard the violations of almost every single right guaranteed me in the Bill of Rights, and not one of them has stepped forward and said, his incarceration is a violation of all of these constitutional rights because the reality is the Constitution only counts when they follow it. Wow. Wow. There is um, There are some midterm elections around the corner. People will be gearing up to vote. Uh, two questions. How do you feel about election integrity these days? And two... Uh, which Republicans can you name that have rallied to your cause? Or Democrat, for that matter, any any politician, for that matter, that's rallied to your cause. Well, I will tell you that there's only one sitting member of Congress that has cared enough to even show up at one of our rallies, and that's Anthony Sabatini, who's a state rep here in Florida. Now, mm. there's plenty of politicians that talk, all day long. I mean, even President Trump talks a good game and throws out some red meat to the media and claims that, oh, well, he'll just pardon the January 6th defendants when he gets into office. Well, I I don't feel like waiting till 2025 to be set free for some political ploy, okay? What Americans Mm -hmm. need to realize is that the Democrats and the Republicans are two wings attached to the same bird and that they're the ones that have resulted, their actions over the last five, six, seven decades are what have put us where we are now. So if you're going to be an American who runs around and thinks that this is about Democrat and Republican, then you're part of the problem because all they have to do to you is tell you the lie that you want to hear. And this is coming from a registered Republican candidate for the Florida House. Okay. The only reason I'm running as a Republican isn't because I believe the GOP has Americans' interests at heart. It's because if a glass of water ran in an election in America, it would get 30% of the vote regardless of which letter it put next to its name. And that's the sad state of affairs of American governmental control. So, yes, I am running as a Republican as a registered Republican, but I am a constitutionalist American. And what I want the people to know is that if we do not hold these individuals who lie to us on an everyday basis accountable for their lies and their their inaction, which really isn't inaction, okay, they're telling us what we want to hear and then they're doing what they want to do, okay? We've got to start holding them accountable. And as far as the election goes, I think what 2020 taught us is that it doesn't matter who votes. It matters who counts the votes. 
And that, that, that comes from a long-standing uh, tyrannical mindset, okay? And this is what we're seeing on a regular basis. And they've got control of the media in order to keep everybody nice and distracted with their latest thing. I mean, it's not a coincidence that COVID has basically gone away overnight and happens to exactly coincide with the new latest thing that we're all supposed to believe in, which is everyone should unite around Ukraine because they're being attacked by the madman in Russia. The reality is Russia and Ukraine are equally as corrupt, and nobody cared about any of the other wars that are going on all over the world. So when you're, when you're being told something by the media, the first thing you should do is stop and ask yourself, why do they want me to care about this narrative? Yeah, it's like everyone's being hypnotized. Uh, it, it really feels that way to me a, a lot of ways. Well, everyone um, is hypnotized. They're already hypnotized. Now, they, whatever, whatever the story that they run on the television is, exactly what we all, we all uh, repeat, just like parrots, because they've already hypnotized everybody. And, and this, is the, this, is, this is the travesty of what's going on as it pertains to January 6th. But January 6th is nothing but another branch of the overall war against American liberty, against human liberty, right? And if you look across the world's landscape, the people are rising up against their tyrants, and it all seems to be simultaneous. And the reason is because the first time in human history, tyrants have the ability to mass control the global population. For, for the first time, the logistics and communication are in place to bring about a global control grid over everyone. And if you don't believe me, just look at the COVID thing. Everything that our CDC did was simply a parroting of what the World Health Organization said. Well, since when did Americans vote for the members of the World Health Organization? When did Americans vote for who sits on the UN Security Council? We didn't because we're America. And see, this is, the, this is what the war is being fought over. It's being fought over individual nation-states' sovereignty and those who believe that they have a right to secure their own liberty are the enemy of these global tyrants. And the sad thing is that the American government has already been taken over by these tyrants. They just haven't figured out a way to finally put the final nail in our coffin, and that's what they're working on. But the problem is, unlike the Ukrainians who have to have guns passed out to them to defend themselves against an invader, Americans already have the guns. But don't worry, they're working very hard on taking those away. There are purportedly a lot of rhinos um, in office. And as I mentioned earlier, elections coming up. How can the average American ensure that they're voting for someone who will put Americans' interests first versus the establishment's interests first? Well, I mean, the reality is you can't. <laughs> I mean, a liar mm -hmm. is going to lie. The only way that you can ever be sure that somebody's going to do what they say they're going to do is put them to the test. But if you're not asking them a hard question and, and, and demanding them give you answers that are sufficient to win your vote, then don't give them your vote. It is better to have an enemy in front of you that is shooting at you, okay, than it is to have an enemy standing behind you 
patting you on the back until they pull out the knife to stab you in the back. So it is almost better to you know, let the Democrats win. At least they, at least you can see them and you can see that they're shooting at you. They're an enemy that you can engage because you know where they stand. But what you can't tolerate is a traitor inside your wires. So if you are not going to be able to get a good answer from a, a so-called Republican who, who claims constitutionalist and constitutional that, because I'll tell you right now, the Senate is full of Republicans that do not believe in the Constitution because they pass laws every single day that violate the Constitution. The House of Representatives is full of Republicans that don't believe in the Constitution because they pass laws every single day that don't adhere to the Constitution. So everyone loves to talk about the Constitution, but right now I guarantee you most of Americans out there couldn't tell you what the first ten amendments of the Constitution are because if they could, they would know that they're being violated. Hmm. What, walk us through the circumstances of your arrest, and, what, and if you could tell us the status of your case right now. Okay, so in December of 2020, I was approached by two agents from the Department of Homeland Security on behalf of the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force under the guise that they were investigating some, and I'm using air quotes, social media posts. Okay. Hmm. This was hmm. nothing but a cover excuse to sit down and attempt to gauge my interest on working with the Joint Terrorism Task Force to work as a confidential informant to spy on Americans. I refused that offer, but I recorded the meeting that they made the offer. So this was before President Trump even announced anything happening on January 6th. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. Fast forward to January 6th, I was with members of the Oath Keepers who were in D.C. to provide personal security details to organizers and speakers of the Stop the Steal rally, of which was taking place in D.C. We were there on January 5th. We were there on January 6th because there were events both days. The idea and the narrative that the Oath Keepers were involved in some type of plot to take over the capital is can be easily proved wrong by the by the fact that it wasn't oath keepers that breached the capital in fact the famed picture of the stack which are the members of the very detail that i was in was taken well after the initial breach the only reason those morons broke off to go into the capital is because they wanted to be involved in what was going on. They got caught up in the moment, but at least they went up there to make sure that nobody was getting hurt, that there weren't injuries. In fact, there's, there's plenty of video evidence of not only Oath Keepers, but other so-called insurrectionists that were actually aiding the police. All right? So I, I maintain my position outside because I stayed with our protectee, which is what uh, when you're on a detail of that nature, that's what you're supposed to do. But the bottom line is that they got called up in the moment. And so now they were all arrested, they were put in jail, they had the screws put to them, and they basically were being held in violation of the Eighth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution on misdemeanor charges until they crack one by one. The intent behind the government's entire case is to arrest people before they've done their investigation, of which they're still admitting that they're still in the process of investigating. 
That is not due process. So their intent is to arrest people like me, people like them. Some of them have been held for almost a year on ridiculous charges that, like you said, the FBI has admitted that they have no evidence to. The, the DOJ admits that this is the largest discovery case and that they're still going through evidence, but yet they've already arrested people a year ago and holding them because they want them to crack, they want them to break, and they want them to plead guilty to things that they know they didn't do in exchange for their freedom, of which they should already have, because the Eighth Amendment clearly states that excessive bail shall not be granted, which means when you're charged with a crime, you are entitled to bail and you're entitled to be out so that you can exercise your Sixth Amendment rights to gather witnesses, face your accuser, and prepare for trial because you're innocent until proven guilty. But this tactic and this technique that the FBI is using, of which every day you hear so-and-so pleaded guilty to this, that, or the other thing. You, are, you have the first person already, they just put the charges on these Oath Keepers you know, a couple weeks ago, and you have one guy already that uh, has already pled guilty to seditious conspiracy. Well, that's funny because I'm not charged with seditious conspiracy, and the reason is because the FBI wants me as far away from a witness stand as possible because they tried to ignore that I existed as I was blowing the whistle on the fact that they were involved in January 6th, and when they realized that Darren Beatty from Revolver News was exposing all of their confidential informants and their involvement in not only January 6th, but in the Michigan governor kidnapping plot. And then people start calling me and asking about my story, of which I literally have the recording of them trying to recruit me to be an informant against an organization that's never been charged with any crime, and yet in the media it is described as a right-wing extremist terrorist organization. Completely ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. But this is exactly their technique. They, they write up their nice little charging documents that they give to the media because, you know, uh, court documents are official public record, right? So this is right. how they get their narrative out to the media. They have their defense attorneys say, tell your client not to talk about their story in the media so that you only get one side. And then they keep you in jail, and then they keep piling charges on you until you either plea or you kill yourself, like Matthew uh, Perna just recently did after accepting the plea deal, and then the prosecutors come back and say, well, actually, we're going to charge you with more crimes. And so he breaks and he kills himself, of which Julie Kelly just recently uh, wrote about. You have one minute remaining. And so I want the American people to know that this is happening to us now, but it will be happening to you soon. And if you don't believe me, look at the Canadian truckers arrested for protesting in their country. And, and now what do you hear about them? It, they're using fear and intimidation to silence you because Americans are waking up to what they're doing wrong, but I'm afraid it might be too late. This is uh, crazy. Go to sleep in America, wake up in North Korea. If people wanted to support your cause, how could they find you online? They can go to jeremybrowndefense.com, and please go there because the government currently, currently is trying to shut down my fundraising because they don't want me to take them to trial, which is exactly what I'm going to do. The truth will come out if it costs me my life. 
Thank you, Jeremy Brown, for your time. You are appreciated. Keep doing what you're doing. There are American people behind you. Thank you, Jim. The Jim Strauss Show will return after these messages. This episode of The Jim Stroud Show brought to you by Conservative Television of America, working hard to stick socialism where the sun don't shine. Conservative Television of America is now available on Fire TV Stick, Roku, and on the Conservative Television of America website. Tune in now at www.ctva.tv. Conservative Television of America, we say what you're thinking. Jim Stroud Show is back. Thanks for watching. Hello, sir. Welcome to the show. Tell us, who are you and what do you do? Thanks, Jim. It's excellent to be here. Uh, my name is Frank Panico. I'm a documentary filmmaker. Uh, I've been a filmmaker for about 11 years. I just finished my ninth one. And um, I direct and produce and film all my own stuff. The only thing I need help with is editing. So um, totally, I'm also a screenwriter, although I haven't sold any screenplays. That's kind of what led me into doing my own films. It's like, hey, I'll just start doing my own films. And that, that was over 10 years ago. So, yeah, I'm a cinema photographer, director of X's in the Sky films. How many films have you put together? Yeah, you know, I've done nine. Yeah, okay. this is my ninth. So I'm finally starting to get ahead. Yeah. Um, I always ask, like... Uh, like nobody knows the mind of God, but you kind of check yourself and say, you know, would God be happy with the messages I'm putting out there? And then if it's a yes, I'll go for it. And I try not to be preachy at all. And I don't think my films come off preachy at all. But uh, my website is xisintheskyfilms.com. And then you can learn about my most recent film, which was actually just picked up by Newsmax. I'm so happy. And uh, it's probably going to be airing on... Uh, airing on Salem Network also. Okay. So I'm, I'm really psyched about that. And then um, I'm having a film screening the week of CPAC just off of uh, off CPAC site, just a mile and a half away from CPAC on Friday the 25th at the Castle Hotel. Kevin Sorbo will be there. Vernon Jones is going to be there. Yeah, and uh, one could get tickets if they go to systematicdeceptionmovie.com and click on the Castle Hotel event. And you can get tickets and, and attend. Now, I was um, glad you said that. I want to share with the viewers now uh, the trailer for your latest uh, your latest uh, film. Uh, it is uh, <laughs> controversial, uh, mesmerizing, but I think a very important film that I, I hope a lot of people a lot of people watch. Let's let's watch this clip. I view Al Sharpton as a poverty pimp. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to homelessness. <laughs> I walk outside every day in fear of white supremacy right here in the middle of the hood. Okay, yeah, right. My grandparents had a cross burned on their property. We were slaves in the past. We're free now. i never seen a white supremacy in my life. Never, and they can't point to one. Where the hell are they? I wish somebody would introduce me to a white supremacist. I would like to talk to them and take pictures with them because I've never seen one in my life. Biden says that the country is systematically racist. You know, I almost want to look at him and say, haven't you been the system for the last 50 years? He's the one that sponsored the 1994 crime bill, which unequivocally 
basically targeted black men in black neighborhoods. It's a big discrimination against black within the black race itself. Hey, nobody wants to talk about that. The Democrats in America manipulate the African-American community. The vaccinated against the unvaccinated. The polarization the left versus right, the black versus white. Pro-choice against pro-life. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you. People have had to make it like they're apologizing for their whiteness. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? What What's more disheartening to me is that um, those who are within the black community are allowing for that to take place. So really what we're dealing with is a cultural Marxism that Joe Biden and all the rest from the left we're trying to inculcate into our society. Well, you were once the oppressor, so now I must be the oppressor. You don't avenge evil for evil. It's okay to say disparaging things against white people. Our former president, Barack Obama, said it, you know, about uh, old white men are a problem. Except when it comes time for him to fly around on their airplanes and, and ride around on their yachts or be their next door neighbors or endorse them for president like Joe Biden then old white men are okay. This is their last gasp. What do progressive socialists really want? Wow. Very, uh, very intriguing film. Uh, I must say you're a brave man for putting that together. <laughs> <laughs> Have you received any death threats? I'm just curious. I know, right? Not quite yet. But, uh, you know, if I may the the film goes right for the jugular of the Democratic Party. I'm sorry. You know, I'm very pro-life and pro-morals and, you know, and I try my hardest. We're all sinners. But the Democratic Party embraces abortion. They embrace uh, killing babies. And um, they're really pushing division. And I think, like, division and abortion are, like, Satan's biggest prize packages. And that's also what the Democrats are embracing and um you know i'm all for reaching across the the, the aisle but uh you got to call it out what it is i always say like scripture states take no part in unfruitful works of darkness but expose them and that's what i'm doing through my film systematic deception and everyone in the film is black and um it's, it's the it's kind of the view of america through the eyes of black republican christian people and um, it's, it's really causing a buzz and um, I'm very happy with it. And I, I must say all the glory to God, of course. Uh, I feel like it's a gift he gave me, you know, this film. Most definitely. When you said black Republican, uh, that's sort of like, um, where's Waldo? A lot of people seem to think that there aren't any black conservatives out there. Uh, but would you disagree? Well, kind of, yes. I'm starting to learn that there's a huge portion of the black community that are um, conservative Christians. You know, at the root of the black community, kind of even more so than the white community sometimes, mm -hmm. there's, there's a moral um, spirituality. There's a, there's a yearning for God. There's a um, knowing of importance of church, you know, because... I believe churches and pastors are probably what pulled them through hard times. But of course, you know, you got the gang bang rapper thing, whatever. But when you strip all that away, you know, white people got their bad things too. But when you strip that away, I find that the black community are moral, righteous, God-fearing people. Yeah. Do you, do you think it's just bad marketing 
um, that the Republican Party has is in terms of the black community. I mean, I know people who, if you ask them platform by platform, do you believe in this? Do you believe in that? More often than not, they're, they lean towards the right. Right. But if, you, but if you were to say, okay, well, that makes you a Republican. Well, that's, that's just a triggering word. Now they're ready to fight you and call you all management names. <laughs> is it, could it be that part of the problem of the black Republican movement is that it's just messaging, it's marketing? Yes, it is. Um, it is. And that's why we need even more films like Systematic Deception, because um, it is part of the marketing. Um, a lot of people in the black community don't know that the KKK came from the Democrats. They don't know that Jim Crow is from the Democrats. You know, they don't know that Biden, you know, is a racist in my point of view. Uh -huh. uh, you ain't black if you don't vote for me and all that crap. And like, you know, uh, black people, they don't have accountants and things like that. It's just demeaning. And um, a lot of people, if they learn the, so I just kind of am getting all exposed through it. Um, a lot of it started in the 60s after uh, Kennedy got shot and um, um, LBJ came into office and started the welfare system and say, we're going to have people depend on us. You know, let's kick daddy out of the home. And so and that's all Democrat. So uh, the Republican Party is the true party of the black people. It was Lincoln that fought a war war and, uh, you know, to stop the slavery, a Republican. You know, a lot of people kind of just don't know. But yes, it's messaging. And um, also I hear the they don't reach out to the black community enough, but that's starting to happen more. And um, I think there's this grand exposure, like the, the eyes are being opened and, you know, everyone's been bamboozled for so long, even white people. But I made up a word, it's called the unbamboozling, you know, okay. of America. You know, we're going to look, this is the truth that's happening here. And nobody wants to talk about it, but I am. So um, I have people say all the time, oh, God, I got a relative that has to see this film, you know. And it's like, I understand marketing is really important, but um, I don't see Democrats and liberals or left wingers like dying to see my film. You know what I mean? So yeah. unless they like walk into the theater by mistake and sit down, you know. But, you know, it's just the way it is. Um you know, like Dinesh D'Souza, he doesn't target, uh, you know, Democrats and liberals. He goes for his base, which is half of America. You know what I'm saying? So I that's do. kind of what I'm doing. I'm open to uh, opening the door more in marketing in some way, but I'm going to lay the cards on the table. You know, my film also points out that there are some rhinos in our, our party that are um, making things difficult and hurting us. You know, one person says it's like uh, it's like being in a war but like your enemy knows exactly what's going on, you know? And um, in my film is Kim Klasik, um, Alan West, Alveda King, uh, C.L. Bryant. Um, I have an array of people from like people who are like a street evangelist to, you know, high profile politicians. Um, it's, it's a really great array of people. And uh, it's kind of like bombshell. I'm really happy with it. Really happy with it. Yeah, you should be proud of it. Um, as you were saying that, I, I was thinking about uh, the marketing and so forth. And I think I think also part of the reason why I think there is a pushback in the black community against against Republicans or being or claiming themselves as a Republican is because of the um, uh, the, the your ostracized 
if you claim yourself to be a uh, Republican, uh, black right. or white, but especially black. I'm right. thinking about um, uh, Snoop Dogg, who called people like like uh, Candace Owens and, and others uh, the coon bunch because they were more uh, conservative in their thinking. And it's, it's really ironic to me how uh, the left really celebrates diversity, but only in terms of skin color. They don't really seem to embrace diversity in terms of how people think different, how people can think differently. Uh, what is your what is your thought on that? I agree with that. Um, you no, know, someone even called uh, Larry Eller the black white supremacist. Yeah. It's absurd what they're doing. It's absolutely absurd what they're doing. And um, you know what it is, is um, I'm sure, you know, most blacks in America are born and raised and they're like, nope, you, you're black and you vote Democrat. Boom. It's like instilled yep. in them, right? From birth, yep. you know, until they start waking up and saying, wait a minute, that's not right. You know, C.L. Bryant in my film, because, you know, all of them, a lot of them, I think almost all of them were once Democrats. And C.L. Yep. Bryant's like, I couldn't believe it. I just had such a hard time putting that R in front of my name. I just couldn't say R, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that, that's the way it is. They like struggle because, right, the people will come out after you, and it's it's ridiculous. They need to tell them, look, the Republican Party was the one that fought slavery, you know? And, uh, you know, it's just crazy. It's just a, it's an upside-down world. And the media, uh, and uh, most of the media, and the Democrats just want to divide us. And, you know, and as far as reparations, you know, reparations was paid with over 600,000 dead bodies and blood, That's you true. know, to stop um, – slavery so yeah yeah i hear i hear you I, I hear that slavery argument quite a bit and if you were to point out historically speaking uh everyone has enslaved everyone at some point yes uh, some people think that slavery started in america and i could say pick up your bible there was slavery <laughs> uh, back then what do you think about uh the reactions that your film has had on people how many eyes do you think have been opened um, a lot. Like I sat through just like two screenings and you can hear the audiences, their jaws dropping. And like, you can tell that they're like, I didn't know that, you know, and I didn't know Biden was so stupid to say that white supremacy is our biggest problem in America. You know, uh, a lot of them didn't know these things and um, they're, they're surprised at it. And it, they laugh at the right points and they're, they're quiet at the right points, and uh, I'm really happy with it. You know, the film touches based on a few subjects. Um, touches based on uh, first, it starts out with Black Lives Matter. And we can have all we can have a discussion all day on the stuff that's in my film. <laughs> it starts out on Black Lives Matter, how they're an absolute farce. Um, it goes into um, well, I personally wanted to put something in there, um, politics and religion, because I think the saying that don't talk about uh, politics or religion, you know, with people came from the pits of hell because those are the most two important things, right? Politics is like, you know, voting in righteous people to run your nation and religion is like your relationship with God. So how dare anybody say, don't talk about those things, you know? So that's one thing I put in there. Alveda King is awesome on that. I don't know. Yeah. She's in my film too. And, um, it touches based on critical race theory. Um, Keisha King is in my film. She's great touching based on that. And um, 
you know, at the end of the film, I like to end my films on a hopeful note. And at the end of the film, um, they speak about all the accomplishments that the black community have made, you know, whether it be jazz and, you know, we have lawyers, we have judges and, um, you know, it says, keep up the fight, you know, and I really drill it home that, uh, we're all part, I'm just as much as part as a black person. We're all part of that fabric that makes our one nation under God, you know? So I bring it home at the end with some really inspirational, uplifting stuff. So I'm really happy with that. And the black community has just been so welcoming to me. I don't like to divide like that, oh, the black people, the white people. But everybody in my film is black and I'm Puerto Rican Italian. So I'm sure there's like some black in my roots somewhere, you know? So uh, it was great, yeah. This woman once reached out to me about nine months ago, Linnell Babbage, this is how it got started. And uh, it was after my last film. And she said, Frank, um, we need to do a movie that um, exposes the way that the Democrats lie to the black people to keep them in their party. And I said, that's a great idea, you know? And then she said, well, can it also be based on my daughter's book? She wrote an excellent book, Lisa Babbage, she's the producer now, um, called The Black History Bible. So the film very much mirrors the book and um, that's kind of how it all started, you know? So and okay. then it's kind of went there and God and the Holy Spirit was just driving me, you know? I'm not acting like I'm some saint or anything, but like I said, all the glory goes to God. And uh, when I look back at this remarkable film, I'm like, wow, you know, God had his hand in this, you know? So for sure, and, for sure. One thing it, it brings home a point that's very important. And this one I put in, made sure I put in myself. Okay. The more we expel God from our nation, the worse things get. Yeah. So I think I, ha I had to put that in there. That's from my own point of view. And, um, and I needed to put that in there. And, um, you know, the nation, the, the close, the more we expel God, the closer we get to our demise, the more we welcome God into America, the better and more prosperous and peaceful and great things get. And, what, what, uh, does, what does that say about Hollywood and the government when there's always, a, it seems like there's always a push to yeah. get, get God out of, uh, out, of uh, out of our society, by the government. And then in Hollywood, you definitely don't have the same kind of uh, vibe uh, yeah, today's movies as you did perhaps when we were growing up. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just gonna come around out with it. I mean, I'm Catholic. I go to mass. I say the rosary every day, whatever. But I believe in a uh, spiritual battle, and at the pit of all of this is Satan and his evil spirits. You know, even with abortion, and um, it's all driven. Sometimes people are driven by spirits, and they don't even know it. You know, so uh, it's all part of Satan's plan to. Uh, divide us and have us expel God from our nation. Um, society, a big portion of it, would like to see our nation torn down and rebuilt without God in it. And, um, you know, and it's, it's evident, it's clear, you know, they're bashing the faces of statues of Mary, they're, you know, shootings in churches, the COVID thing, we touched base on that in my film too. The first mm -hmm. thing they shut down was the churches then like, you can't sing, don't sing in church either. You know, and you have this massive church and like, you can only have 30 people in here. And I mean, look at the, what the first place they went to was the church, you know, yeah. and it's crazy. What, what do you think about this, the, the, the uh, dichotomy? And I mean, you mentioned um, abortion in, in, in your film. What do you think, what, what, what is your reaction to, to people who say, uh, when they were championing uh, abortion, saying, you know, my body, my choice, 
you have no right to, that, to tell me how to do anything with my body. Right. But at the same, but on the same time, you have the COVID mandates where they're demanding that you take shots. I know. Um, so what, what about the, um, I don't know if hypocrisy is the right word, but this, what do you think about that argument? Yeah. Well, it's different because here's the thing. When a pregnant woman is saying it's my body, my choice, that's wrong because it's a separate body inside their body, you know? So, mm -hmm. and at the moment of conception, that new being inside you has a soul, it has DNA. So it's not my body, my choice. Like Kevin Sorbo said in one of my films, if it was your body, your choice, you'd be dead because it's, it's a separate body. It's not an appendage, it's a separate being, you know? So the saying, my body, my choice, when it comes to pregnant women doesn't work. And the best one is like, well, what would you know? You're a man, you know, I get that. And my answer is it, you don't have to be a man or a woman to know what murder is, you know? So well, people, well, so, the left says that men can be pregnant these days. I don't know if you heard that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's, uh, that's an assertion I've heard. I know. Like, where would the child come out? You know, I don't really want to think about that. But yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, I know, I'm getting a little weird territory here. But yeah, I can't understand why they would say something like that. You know, it's just incredibly crazy. And yeah, our society has drifted so far away from the moral statutes that made America great, you know, so. I view Al Sharpton as a poverty pimp. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to homelessness. <laughs> I walk outside every day in fear of white supremacy right here in the middle of the hood. Okay, yeah, right. My grandparents had a cross burned on their property. We were slaves in the past. We're free now. I've never seen a white supremacy in my life. Never, and they can't point to one. Where the hell are they? I wish somebody would introduce me to a white supremacist. I would like to talk to them and take pictures with them because I've never seen one in my life. Biden says that the country is systematically racist. You know, I almost want to look at him and say, haven't you been the system for the last 50 years? He's the one that sponsored the 1994 crime bill, which unequivocally basically targeted black men in black neighborhoods. It's a big discrimination against black within the black race itself. Hey, nobody wants to talk about that. The Democrats in America manipulate the African-American community. The vaccinated against the unvaccinated. The polarization, the left versus right, the black versus white. Pro-choice against pro-life. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you people have had to make it like they're apologizing for their whiteness. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? What was more disheartening to me is that um, those who are within the black community are allowing for that to take place. So really what we're dealing with is a cultural Marxism that Joe Biden and all the rest from the left were trying to inculcate into our society. Well, you were once the oppressors and now I must be the oppressor. You don't avenge evil for evil. It's okay to say disparaging things against white people. Our former president, Barack Obama, said it, you know, about uh, old white men are a problem. Except when it comes time for him to fly around on their airplanes and, and ride around on their yachts or be their next door neighbors or endorse them for president like Joe Biden, then old white men are okay. This is their last gasp. What do progressive socialists really want?
Frank Panico, thank you again for your time and for your service to the country through your film. Thank you again. Thank, thank you too, Jim. You're doing a service too by like uh, filming and talking to us. That's what I do on the other way too in my film. So, but thank you, Jim. My pleasure. Well, my time is up. I thank you for yours. I'll see you again real soon right here with a brand new episode. So until next time, bye-bye.